punch, drunk, love. Punch, drunk, love. Adam Sandler's pretty good in this movie. Why doesn't he do more of this? You should have kissed Emma Watson. Emily Watson. Ah, just like the music in the movie. <laughs> Welcome to episode nine of Making Movies in My Mom's Basement. Hello, people. Hello. This week we're talking about Punch Drunk Love, uh, music by... John Bryan. John Bryan. And that's it. We don't care about anyone else involved. Yeah. Written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, but what do we just call him? Uh, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you call him. Yeah, Thomas made this movie. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a weird, unconventional rom-com drum. Rom-com drama. Yeah. Um, super wacky. Yeah. Well, so tell me, what were your initial thoughts when you first saw it? When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is a quirky, weird movie. But I uh, I felt very connected to Barry, the protagonist. I like, okay. was very much on his side. I, I wanted him to get with Emily Watson. Um, and I, I really just felt bad for him for a lot of it. Right. And when you rewatched it, you're like, this shit's fucked. I was like, this is a wacky movie. I mean, the, the pudding... Uh, coupon stuff for the airline miles like that uh that that was like funny the first watch but in this watch it was like it was still interesting but i was like oh there's there's no payoff for this like storyline like he he tries to use the the air miles to fly to hawaii to meet emily watson but the lady's like oh you can't redeem them yet it'll, it'll take two weeks so he just buys a ticket so it's like yeah doesn't get in the way it doesn't help doesn't do anything i guess the only at the very end, when he, like, goes back to her door. Yeah. He's, like, after, like, he went to Utah and shit, he comes back. She's like, oh, you travel a lot. Let me just redeem my mouth. I can come with you anywhere in the world when you travel. Yeah, yeah. We'll always be together. Yeah, it was, like, sweet. It was, like, very sweet. But, yeah, this, it, it's strange. There's, like, so many plot lines in this movie, which, which in, like, a lot of movies, they have, like, multiple plot lines, but they don't usually all involve the same character, and yeah. they're all not so disconnected. Like, here we have... His uh, plotline with uh, work, his plotline with the piano, his plotline with his sisters, his plotline with the uh, called sex agent who's threatening him, and then his plotline with Emily Watson. It's like, what the fuck is this movie? It's nonsense. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And yet, so interesting. That's great, yeah. yeah. I think it's um, it's a Curb episode without the <laughs> like connective tissue of a Curb episode. Yeah, without the Larry David one plotline is jumping into another. Yeah messing with each other like yeah. they they kind of do i guess like the his sex thing uh like that's how he gets to the car crash yeah and that hurts emily watson yeah but yeah. it just doesn't it maybe it's because a curb episode is 30 minutes so you feel it's just tighter right so you just feel the like oh yeah like the connections are happening all the time this is a 90 minute thing so it's just like over it needs i felt had less connections than a curb episode and over a longer period of time Right. So you just don't feel the, to me, all the fun shit that happens in Curb, you don't feel it in this. Right. You've seen this movie a million times. 
Million and one, actually. Million and one. Uh, watching it with you is like watching it with a savant. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> seen every shot of this movie so many times. I was... It was like I, I was... Every time, like, yo, this part's about to come up where the camera's about to do this one thing. It's going to move five centimeters to the left. It's so dope. Uh, I was like, do you need medicine? Are you okay? <laughs> Nose is bleeding right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, let's get into it. Get to it. Sections of this movie again. We're 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 gonna cover it in different sections. So we have blocking, camera, writing, music, and miscellaneous. All the crap. So first section, blocking. Blocking. Uh, very interesting in this movie. Very interesting. So I guess before we get into the sections, yes. a, a general thesis uh, of uh, of the the like analysis that we have is we noticed like every part of this movie, like blocking camera. Etc. is working to get you into Barry's point of view. And yet there are no POV shots. Yeah, which is, that was an interesting observation Pulkett had. Yeah, so how are we put into this character's point of view so effectively? And it's through all these different sections that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So blocking. Um, blocking is used in this movie to accomplish uh, a few big things. The first is for Barry to make you feel his anxiety. Mm-hmm. So how this is done is um, when Barry first sees Lena, who's Emily Watson, um, he's very nervous just from seeing her. So simply he just walks off screen. Like she's coming to him. Yeah. And this is not even like a romance. She's literally like going to give him a, hey, can you take my uh, keys to my car and yeah. give it to the mechanic? Yeah. He, yeah, he runs away. He just runs off screen. Yeah. And she's there just empty waiting. And she's like, oh, hey, can you come back? Then he finally like slowly comes back into the frame. Exactly. Um, I've, I'm really uh, currently becoming very uh, obsessed with use, how to use off-screen space. Mm. Right. Um, uh, like for jokes, it's a bit more clear to me how to do it. But I love this. To right. show him just literally running away from a situation, right. from a social situation. He, he wants to like run away from the camera and then yeah. he has to return to it. Yeah, that's uh, a great way to show. Because, um, you know, I realized uh, uh, you've seen that movie. Just, uh, I don't think too many people know about it. It's called The Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. The Avengers. Yeah. The first one, the the joke where like um, Hulk like punches Thor. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay. If that shot was, if we saw Hulk actually go off screen, if we followed him off screen, I don't think it would have been as funny. If you followed him off screen. Yeah. So in that shot, it's like a two shot. Yeah. Right. And Hulk punches Thor and he goes flying off screen. Thor it's just, goes flying off screen. Yeah. yeah. Thor goes flying off screen. It's just Hulk oh, you're along. saying if, if we follow Thor flying yeah. off screen. Yeah. I don't think it would have been as funny. Because our imagination is so, it's like, oh, he, where, where the fuck did he go? He's yeah. gone. And there's a, this is like, yeah, the. It's like Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes shit. Things. Yeah. Like, Entering frame and leaving frame is just funny. I don't know why. It's yeah. just fucking funny. It, it's a whole thing in Parks and Rec where they made sure John Ralphio, if he enters a scene, he just pops into the frame. Yeah, it's just funnier. Because he's just a, he's a, he's a yeah. cartoon character. So to me, this was... Yeah, for comedy, it, it works all the time. But this is interesting. Anxiety. I'm running away from the, the drama. Yeah. The problem. I can't deal with it. I'm leaving. If you want to see more examples of this, I recommend watching the Tony video on Edgar Wright. He covers things entering and leaving the frame. Oh, yeah. In oh, like yeah. a funny way. Um, it's kind of that it it's, it's, yeah. that's the point you don't have to watch it that's the point <laughs> um, the other thing that's done for anxiety is Barry is constantly backed into a corner so even if he's in his, his like office which is quite uh, large the blocking is such that his sister if, if she's talking 
to him, she'll push him into a corner, and he's, like, framed against a wall. Back against the wall. no escape, literally, for for him now. Every time she's like, oh, you coming to this party? Yeah. He's like, no, gym membership. Oh, why aren't you asking her, why aren't you asking this girl, or do you need to see a shrink? Yeah. She's always just, always doing it. She's just attacking him, and and he has nowhere to run. The the blocking, the camera, everything has pushed him to the edge of the frame. It's it's not always, it is not always the edge of the frame, actually. Or or, or just a wall or something, yeah. Just a wall, which um, we uh, in our uh, that was a note you had when we were making our uh, latest short film, which will be released yeah, soon. I I I like that when the so there's a scene where this this guy is being dumped uh, by his girlfriend and he's like why and I I wanted him to just push her ag- against the wall yeah so she feels trapped and, and then she pushes she's just like yo like she literally push him out of the way like yo get away from me like. It's just, some space. It's like funnier. I don't know. I don't it's know. funnier, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like you you turn the sound off and you can tell that like it's like she's like tra- yeah. she's trapped in this like yeah. situation. He feels more helpless. Yeah. To me, like the big thing for me was just like I think the direction I gave him was um uh and I just follow her around the yeah. whole time. Yeah. She was and for her it's like get try to get away from him. Yeah. It, it's like very simple. It's basic, yeah, yeah but it it to me communicates so much instead of just like stand still and say like, your lines. Say the, yeah. Yeah. The other thing blocking accomplishes in this movie uh, for Barry is the feeling of loneliness. So this, for loneliness, this is more where he's in the edge of the frame now. Yeah. It's like, it's literally the first shot of the movie. Yeah. It opens and he's just in the corner. And I also, this is just a nice framing thing. They're all, there's leading lines. Right. Leading him to the corner. Blue lines painted. Yeah. All just, (laughs) yeah, blue walls, blue, blue suit, all that shit. Yeah. All just going into the corner and he's there. This, this brings up, should we bring up that Kill Bill thing that we were discussing earlier? Which one? It's like the opening of this movie. Like, why did the uh, Kill yep, Bill yep. talk about it? Yeah, so uh, just like a storytelling, so kind of blocking, but more of a writing thing. You you want to start your 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 if you story can. on the like uh, I don't know what the like point of your story. Uh, so Kill Bill starts with uh, the bride being shot and saying that it's your baby. This movie starts on a shot of Barry being alone. So it's just like very to the point. And but you, done completely differently in Kill Bill, yeah. it's all through like action, yeah, and dialogue. In this, it's purely a visual, blocking, yeah. It's purely a I hate this cinematic, hate that word, but that's what this is, yeah. Tells you right away, this is the movie you're gonna be in for, yeah. It's like, uh, you can feel you yeah. feel his like lonely because we hold that shot too. If yeah. it was just like that was an establishing shot, then it would not have worked. It wouldn't register. And, yeah, and then we just cut into a single, like, closer, then it would, yeah. But yeah. the fact that we hold it the whole time, yeah, it takes time for us to feel it. It's like, oh, man, like, it's some sad alone. shit. Yeah. And it's repeated throughout. Throughout, yeah. Look for that shot. The other uh, blocking for loneliness is uh, when Barry's in his apartment, there's a lot of negative space, so he's, like, framed to the, to the side again, and there's this, like, huge, like, negative space this beside is, him. Just his empty, empty, like, like apartment yeah his, his life is empty yeah. his apartment is ah, empty ah genius while he's talking to a hooker but what i found super fascinating is he's sitting down and the camera has him framed on and it's less of the edge it's like a third yeah so he and then negative space on the other side and then in the middle of that as he's just waiting quietly for her to call him back the camera just pans over yeah and puts him on the other edge of the frame yeah and then it really puts him like truly right like Literally the edge. Yeah. And it's even emptier on that side. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that was that was a weird fucking move to do. Yeah. But because it 
but it totally worked. Like in a normal movie, that would be a cut. It's like a yeah, it's a, it's like a mistake. Oh, the camera operator like he saw too drunk. He's like he saw some like PA's ass walk by. Yeah. He's like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. But then this, it's like, mm, it's good. It's risky. I can see like. I hate this term as well, huh? A little bit. But it's very film school, quote unquote. It like reminds me of the taxi driver shot where it just like moves away from him. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good comparison. I I, I didn't I like I always thought that shot was weird and I, I know Tony talks about that shot. The taxi driver one? Yeah. Um but I actually recently was watching Bill Hader talking about Barry. Okay. And his theory was that shot yes. is supposed to be the the camera is yeah, that, that's what Scorsese says. Yep. It's like the camera's like disgusted by what like, it's like, he's doing. It's like, it's so embarrassed that the camera's like, I can't look at this. Yeah, I, I did yeah. not know that that's what, but it yeah, makes that, a lot of sense. Yeah, that was, that's how Scorsese did it. That was right. his motivation. It's cool. He's it's like, like, it's, it hurts too much to watch. Yeah. Uh, let's I'm leave. Gonna... Let's get away from this nerd. Yeah, this nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Bickle, cinema's greatest nerd. And incel. He might be an incel. Oh, he's for sure an incel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Women hating... Yeah, all that crap. That's an insult, right? Hate women and shit. Yeah, and, sh- and like shooting people and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My type of guy. <laughs> and yeah, um, third thing that blocking accomplishes for Barry in this movie is intimacy. So yes, it's intimacy be- be- between him and Lena. Um, the big example is when they're on the couch chit chatting, and then um, this is less for Barry though. To me, this is more. It's it's, it's true. It's this Lena. is less in his POV and more in like what is Lena feeling. So I find um I should give some context. It's when uh, they're in her apartment for the first time after the first date, and then we're like, oh man, are they gonna like kiss? Like, what's gonna go on? Because he's he's leaving. Yeah. They get up. It's like um they get up and they're going to the door. Yeah. And now it's okay. It's like um it's like a wide two shot. So what I find so fascinating is the whole point of the scene. The interesting part is you want to watch Emily Watson mm-hmm. because she goes in for, um, we see her like they shake hands, like <laughs> yeah. awkward, awkwardly. Very awkwardly. Like at, at the end of the date, they shake hands and you're like, yeah, okay, the, the, this isn't going to go where yeah. I think we're, we're like either of them. Wanted right, to go. right. So they shake hands and then we see that she's actually going in for a kiss yeah but then he kisses her on the cheek he gives her a peck he, he pecks her and then we see she's just like oh fuck she's disappointed yeah. so what i love about the blocking here is this you have to watch her face the whole time so what they had adam sandler we're seeing his back the whole time uh which now it's like we have nowhere else but to look yeah i'm not gonna look at adam sandler's ass yeah right sure it's lovely sure, i'm it's sure a it's great lovely, ass, right yeah. but i want to look at the nice woman's face yeah right so I'm looking and boom. So that that's how I, I saw the behavior. Because I'm like, that normally would have been, that seems like very shot reverse shot type moment. Yeah. But where uh, you see her reaction, then you see his. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah, great way to just direct attention through um thing. Yeah. Without, without that, any cutting. It's great. And, and then this is not really blocking, but I love like right after that, he like walks in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's repeating the last thing he said to her, which was like, uh, bye-bye. Yeah. He's like, and bye-bye. And bye bye, mm. and bye bye, you and bye bye. Like <laughs> that's a relatable. Like oh, I I missed the sign. Yeah, I, I can't go back. Like it's and so this is actually also independent as well of the point. But yeah, she is. She literally is a strong ass independent woman. She's and a go getter. Yeah, like she's yeah. the one asked him out. Yeah, she's the one who went for the kiss, got rejected, then right? called him and said, 
I wanted I to wanted kiss to kiss you. you. Like that is like that. I'm like I I like this woman. Yeah. I, I admire this woman. Like yeah. she's fucking cool. She go, goes after shit. You go, girl. Yeah, you go. All right, that does it for blocking. Uh, next section, camera. So similar similar things, yep, similar things. Anxiety, loneliness, um, intimacy, all that crap. But I think um, we have, I think this can be summed up in like one point where, um, so the camera, it's, if you notice, like it's always just pushing in in this movie at all times. Yeah. So this is actually the movie between, so PTA, sorry, Thomas. Thomas's previous... (laughs) movie was uh magnolia yeah and the one after is there will be blood Mm -hmm. so to me this movie is like if you look at there will be blood style and magnolia style they're quite like they've changed right he's like chilled the fuck out the camera Camera doesn't move as much yeah or it's it's the speed of it it's not moving as fast yeah to me punch drunk is the transitional movie where where you can see parts of it still moving fast and slow that was just a sidebar but I i find that fascinating yeah so in this it's always um I guess the best examples for the anxiety yeah. and that this guy is trapped, he can never get out of his shit, yeah. is um, one is after he's like, has the phone sex with Georgia and then in the morning he wakes up and then she calls him, right? Yeah. And then they're like chit-chatting and then she's like, oh, can I have money? And at this point, the camera was still, now the camera starts moving in towards him. Because he's walking backwards, yeah. trying to get away he from starts, the situation. He's getting away, and the cameras are going nah, towards him. Like, nah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, you're not getting out of this shit. Uh, it's like the camera's against him. It's so like... I love it. I love the it. world is against him, except for Emma Watson. Yeah, Emily, Emily. Emily, yeah, whatever. Who is Emma Watson again? That's Hermione, right? It's Hermione. Yeah. Hermoine. That's why I used to, always used to call her as a kid. Hermoine. Hermoine? Yeah, Hermoine. <laughs> and I thought she was black, too. No. Ah, <laughs> um... Yeah, I love the camera's like, nah, you're not getting out of this yeah. shit. Um, another great example of that is when he goes to his sister's place for the first time. Yeah. And then he's meeting, uh, what's his name, Rob Smiggle, Danger Dog? Danger Dog. <laughs> Triumph the insult comic dog, yeah. Robert Smiggle. <laughs> yeah, Robert Smiggle, and then he's like meeting him and shit, right? Yeah. Same thing, it's like, it's him, Smiggle, and... Uh, <laughs> Smiggle? Yeah. Smiggle, him, Smiggle, and then... Um, <coughs> Like the, his sister. The main sister, I think. Yeah. I forgot her name. She has a very Polish-ass last name, I believe. Um, She's in 24. 24? Oh, the Alicia Cuthbert show. The Alicia <laughs> Cuthbert show, as everyone calls it. Are you on 24? Yeah. Um, yeah, the camera's, once again, it's like pushing forward. He's super uncomfortable, right? It's pushing forward, it's pushing forward, and then now... It's like this three shot, these three characters, and then all the other characters start leaving. Yeah. And now it's just like he's alone. He's just by himself in, in the frame. this frame. Yeah. The camera stays still, and which to me, I love it stop because as if you listen to the Kill Bill podcast, I love just a still camera watching an uncomfortable character. Yeah. So um, once again, it's just he's still and he has no idea what to do. He's looking around. He's shifting. It makes me feel weird. It's so uncomfortable. I feel bad for him. Yeah. I can relate. I'm like, oh, everyone's been in this like yeah shit. I'm at this party. You who I'm talking there. to yeah. and once again he just walks out of the frame yeah. that's how he leaves he exits the camera he's like camera you f- asshole stop <laughs> looking at me stop judging me yeah and he exits frame. and it's like he like it's this weird like awkward like penguin walk out he, he like shuffles out he's he's like not sure what to yeah. do he like hesitates and then like leaves yeah. the frame it's so good that's like a combination blocking and camera it's great and I think that is like the camera thesis for anxiety yeah and then then later on in the movie, you notice the camera speed ramps the fuck up. Right. Especially when he's like arguing with like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Then it's like, and we're hearing that very like, like um, we're hearing drums. Yeah. And it's like, and the camera's like pushing in super fast. 
Because now he's like trying to be like, yo, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, what the fuck? Yeah. What did you do all this shit? Seymour, as we call him. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> My boy Seymour. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, rushing towards. Yeah. Oh, it's very, um, uh, very Goodfellas-esque. Which yeah. is not surprising, because if you look at Boogie Nights or Magnolia, those are the most, like... Scorsese. Scorsese-ass um, use of camera, and maybe any movie I've... Non, any non-Scorsese movie I've seen. Right. Yeah. It's great. One of my favorite things you uh, pointed out with the camera is the use of telephoto lens. Yes. To show a lack of progress. So, okay, so with, like, a wide-angle lens, the, like, forward movement is, is uh, exaggerated. Right. Right? With the telephoto, it's compressed. So like say like I shot like like some like someone's street with a telephoto like looking down the street, it would take it would if they're actually walking towards the camera, it would seem like they're potentially not even moving. Yeah. Depending on how long the lens is. Same if they're walking away from the camera. Yeah. It it seems like they're not moving at all, even if they are. Yeah. So this movie uses it in the section where Barry uh, gets a call from Emily Watson, and she's like... After the first date, I wanted to kiss you. Wanted to kiss you, so he runs back to her, but he's lost in the maze of her apartment. Because he has Asperger's. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> and as he's, like, struggling to find her, there's a shot of looking down the hallway. Barry's running, like, away from the camera, and it's a telephoto, and it looks like he's barely moving. Yeah. It's, like, he's running as fast as he can, but he's making no progress. Yeah. That's, you, you feel the, like, this guy's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you uh, saw the shot as in well. In The Graduate. graduate. It's the exact same thing. In The Graduate, where um, Dustin Hoffman, at the end of the movie, he's trying to like stop the wedding, and he's running down the street. And it's like, same thing. He's so far away, it's same thing. Yeah. Not making any progress. Like Yeah, it, it's just a like brilliant use of a like a camera to make you feel like a helplessness, yeah, lack of progress. Yeah, to feel like, like, put you in the character's head, mm-hmm. feel an emotion. Last big way that the camera's used uh, to get uh, into our character's heads is for the intimacy. This one I really like. It's like, this camera's real. This camera's a real motherfucker in this movie, eh? Yeah, it is, yeah. So, in this one, I like, um, this one, they're on the first date in the restaurant, and he's, he's such a fucking dork in the scene. I love it. When he's like, remember he's talking about the radio DJ? He's like, oh, yeah, wait, this, this is because people don't decide. He's like, he's so comical. Ah, the yeah. way he talks is like, I, I feel so bad. But I'm so like, I don't, like, I, I, I just love him. Like, I'm just like, oh, you're, you're just so like. He's so, he's very real. And he's so, like, naive almost, and it's, like, a, it's yeah, a good point. Yeah. sympathizing in a weird way. Like, there's a childlike quality to it. Very much, yeah. It's his way he decided, even he said, he's like, oh, it's like, he's like, oh, he's so comical. Like, yeah. Like, I can see why, uh, why, why <coughs> Thomas cast Sandler, because <laughs> he, he can do this in, in, like, um, uh, what, what's the one that you love? Uh, uh, Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore. He, yeah. he, he's like a mix of like childishness yeah. and like adult like anger. It's, it's like both. He has it. Water boy. Big, Water boy literally yeah. big daddy. The one that's like, you got to grow up and be a like be a pseudo dad. He's like good at pulling from both. Yeah. I, I can see why you'd want to cast him in this movie. Yeah. It actually, yeah, it's, it's true. It's not like Adam Sandler like did a whole new type of like no. character that he's never explored before. No, he he just, just like took it seriously. He he took it seriously and he didn't do the big like oh come on like that <laughs> big Adam Sandler thing. Didn't do that. What a movie was that from? Every movie, like, fucking grown ups too. I don't know. Uh, I, I I actually I it's not really a, a guilty pleasure, but I love Fifty First Dates. It's, oh, like, oh, one yeah, of my yeah. favorite rom coms. That's Drew Barrymore, right? I think their chemistry is so good. I don't know if I mentioned this. I think Drew Barrymore is gives uh, the best performance in E.T. 
You did say this before. Yeah. Not on the podcast, maybe, but yeah, she's your favorite part of that movie. When I watch a movie, I'm like... I, I like to think I'm a, I'd be a good casting director. If I saw E.T., I'd be like, yo, this kid's going places. Yeah. She's so good. She has such charisma. She's so fun to watch. Right. It's it's She's magnetic. It's fucking ridiculous. It was all the coke. Yeah, all the on. coke she was doing as a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, date. Yeah, so they're on the date. Um, and he, like, leans forward. He leans forward. He's like, yo, I gotta tell you a secret. I gotta tell you this, like, fucking airplane scam I got, right? Yeah. And I love the camera, like pushes in as well to like oh let me get closer what are you guys talking about it's like fuck off camera leave us alone yeah i love it has its own personality does does it's fascinating yeah it's so fascinating i I love um non-objective cameras yeah it's more well it's more fun way i think of telling the story yeah but i also like i guess i also do like objective camera like the thing when it's like fincher no no, that's not uh, no i don't even mean that i mean um when we're just watching him like awkwardly standing there and the camera's still that's objective to me right it's just like this is as neutral as a way i can present this situation right and then he just that's what i meant right yeah yeah. uh cam was also used uh when they're on their date in hawaii yeah steady cam very dreamy which i know you said you don't like steady steady cam because they're too dreamy yeah i uh, it's just literally i i like a very locked down stable yeah stable image not always not always but I know this is me. I'm just, I, I, I like to think I'm a visual savant. The pieces, look at me, I'm great. Um, but I just noticed this shit. For yeah. example, uh, I was watching Shape of Water with Danielle. Yep. And that movie is so, so much steady cam. Yeah. All the time, right? That's very dreamy. Right? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What is this, right? Yeah. I rationalized it in my head. I'm like, okay, sure. Shape of water. Water looks, feels like we're underwater. When we're above ground, walls, whatever. Mm-hmm. I asked Danielle. She's like, I didn't notice any of that. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, it's more apparent in the, like, water shots. Yeah. But it's every, it's the whole movie, right? Yeah. And I get it. It's like Steadicam is quick. You can shoot quickly. But I'm not surprised Danielle didn't notice any of that, like, floaty movement. Until right. I pointed it out, then she couldn't stop seeing it. Right. Then I'm like, okay, is that a shape of water thing? Then I went back and watched other del toro movies i'm like no this is actually just a del toro thing oh, okay this is just how he like shoots a lot of his shit he likes the steady cam it's a steady cam yeah i see i don't like it too dreamy but it works in this works because in this. Yeah. romantic it literally feels like a dream this moment they're on their date in hawaii yeah. we start off not even on them we're like watching this like singer and moving around it's even it's even before that we're just yeah. seeing this whole scene it's yeah. one thing it's actually like we're just walking through the scene yeah right and then it's like, oh, wow, I'm in Hawaii. And the singer almost, like, sends it off with her hand. Yeah, we follow her hand. She's like, ooh, go over there. Yeah, very intimate. Sexy. Sexy. Super fun. Sexy. Sexy and cool. <laughs> Sorry, doing a bird impression. All right. That does it for camera. <laughs> yeah. Next section, editing. The quick points. Um, you notice this lack of shot, reverse shot in this movie. Yeah, so I want to say before he meets, before Emily Watson asks him out on the date. Yeah. Right? So before that, it's all two shots, yeah. um, wide shots, like tracking all... <coughs> sorry, sorry. <coughs> I have to cut that. Um, Maybe. Um, and he doesn't connect with any character no. before he connects with Emily Watson, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what this movie is telling me in its language is why two shots are a lack of connection for characters, right? So, so But then when finally Emily Watson, when she like comes... Um, this, this is the second time he meets her. But this, like, she comes with uh, his sister, yeah. right? 
and they're talking, that's the first time we actually get a shot of her shot in the whole movie. I'm like, okay, now, and you can tell, you can see the performance and even the behavior of the dialogue. He's finally connecting with somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now we go to shot or reverse shot. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now you've like visually told me, okay, a connection is being made. That's a, it's a thing you pointed out where not every shot means the same thing between different movies, but within the same one, it should be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Right. Like if in this movie, a shot, reverse shot means intimacy, it should uh, consistently mean that. Yeah. Yeah. And because I don't think the shots themselves have any meaning it's the filmmaker imparts meaning right on them the shot yeah based off how they're in the context with other shots yes so if you just you can obviously like shot versus shot is such a common tool it doesn't have to be like oh this is the intimate thing it doesn't have to be but i love that that's how it was used in this yeah like thomas uh he's this guy that thinks deep yeah he's a big big thinker good old t yeah good old <laughs> yeah Next section, lighting. A goofy little observation. Yeah, it was, uh, once you pointed it out, I couldn't help but notice it. It yep. was um, the lighting in this movie, like a lot of other things, is very subjective, very motivated by character. Yeah. Uh, it's like Barry will be playing the piano the like in his harmonium, office. motherfucker, harmonium. Uh, it looks like a piano. <laughs> smells like a piano. It's a piano. Uh, plays it, and then suddenly the his like his like office gets brighter. Yeah, it's not his office. There's literally a just a light. A gold, yeah. So his office is all white light. Yeah. It's kind of dark, and just this golden yellow light hits his face. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it start. It's not just like turns on. It's a slow fade on it. Yeah. And to me, it that happens every time a nice thing happens. Like a, it's like a good positive experience happens to him in the movie. Yeah, like when him and Lena first kiss. Yeah. Gets brighter in the background. Yeah. In the background, a lamp starts uh, getting brighter. Yeah. So uh, uh, Thomas stole this from Jonathan Demi. Okay. He's talking about it in some um, like film commentary, like one of his movies. He said he noticed it. Like Demi movies, it would always be in moments like a light would just brighten up. Right. So then he's like, I stole it and I do it in all my movies. You can see it in uh, Sydney, Heart 8, um, like Boogie Nights. It's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. Next section, writing. Yeah. So big things movie, uh, because we have to get on Barry's side, we have to sympathize with him. Uh, and this is really done through uh, his... Like interactions with his sisters uh just like they constantly shit on him they're constantly attacking him as we've mentioned in the blocking camera he's being cornered and pressured yeah. by them but also just what they're saying what what, what they're doing probably like just like gay boy gay like boy yeah. like and not not nothing not that there's anything wrong with that but um <laughs> it's just they're always they're using it always in a negative yeah it's constantly just like attacking him so you yeah. it's it's not difficult to get on his like side yeah they're like they're literally saying why are you being weird why are you doing this are you and they're just annoying sisters they are like no matter regardless what they would be saying they're just annoying people yeah. barry's also being pressured by georgia to give him money and he's also constantly apologizing that was an interesting thing so when, i noticed um, yeah. i'm gonna get personal i used to do that a lot i'll make this a quick thing like in grade 10 yeah when I, when I, was, I was dating a girl all right quote dating if you want to call it on grade 10 <laughs> right and she pointed that out at one point to me she's okay. like you apologize a lot like stop she literally said stop saying sorry uh-huh. yeah and i'm like interesting i've noticed that myself and with barry and it's i'm like oh that's a clear like it's like like you'd say like you'd apologize when it's clearly not your fault yeah not my fault yeah, yeah. and i just say sorry interesting like barry does and it's t- it just makes us I don't know, kind of makes him seem kind of weak. Makes him seem weak, but you also just like sympathize, I guess. Yeah, it's like, this is just like a, he's a meek dude. Meek dude. He's meek, a meek dude. Milk toast. He's a milk toast. 
getting potentially re- every female relationship in this movie for him, apart from Emily Watson, yeah, is a shit show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even the male ones are not strong. He doesn't seem to have any strong male relationship. They're very just like neutral. Yeah. Only Luis Guzman, like they're like friends, like kind of maybe, but like I can see Luis Guzman like being like, he's my boss. <laughs> Another uh, writing piece uh, that helps us get into Barry's perspective is Barry is, uh, with the exception of like one or two scenes, he is in every single scene. He is uh, Jack Nicholson in Chinatown shit. Yeah, we are we are just following him on this like on this like story. The only time it really stood out where he was not in the scene is when we're with Hoffman Seymour Seymour Seymour. Sorry, apologies, Seymour. <laughs> rest in peace. Um, where we're just uh, where he's like talking to Georgia, being like, "Oh, okay, I'll go get my goons on him." Yeah, that scene, like f- watching it the second time around, it really stood out as like a oh, now this feels like a movie, like everything are like. Before that, felt like I'm just following Barry on his, like, story, but then we cut to the villains, and now it's like, oh, okay, yeah. this is the movie. The villains are formulating their plans. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what's, what's Hitler doing? <laughs> uh, but Painting poorly. <laughs> painting poorly, but uh, with the exception of that scene, really, it's we're just following Barry in every single scene. Yeah. Uh, another cool thing, um, uh, just cool, like, uh, with a movie like this where you have so many different plots... Connecting them is very important. So a, a neat way that they connected the the pudding plot to the <laughs> sex calling lady plots was Barry was cutting a coupon and when he lifted the coupon underneath it was a like a sex ad. It was a sexy lady in glasses. Yeah. And then cut to him calling the lady for phone sex. Like I, I like it because I'm like It's like efficient. It's efficient. That I could totally see a scene being like some some Luis Guzman, yeah. somebody like, yo, man, I got this. You know, maybe you think of a sex line, Barry. You're not getting anywhere, blah, blah. Like, this was quick. And it was even, um, it was even sadder, but he discovers it in a newspaper. Yeah. All alone. It's very similar to in Spider-Man where, okay, we know he wants the car, needs money. Spider-Man 1, yeah. Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire specifically. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, needs money for a car. Then we show a newspaper ad for, uh, here's money for wrestling. Okay. <laughs> now he's going to do that. So yeah. quick. Yeah. So quick. We love it, the, yeah. that efficient. Efficient storytelling. Like, yeah, just do do what you need to do to get the newspaper story shit. What a tool. Yeah. Unfortunately, now if you do it in a movie, ah, no one's going to believe it. Oh, maybe, yeah. Where the fuck this newspaper come from? <laughs> Next section, music. The music in this movie is weird. Yeah, and that's all we need to say about that because it's, yeah. it's clearly weird. But the biggest, the first time the music doesn't become alien and weird. It's like it, romantic. It's like aliens <laughs> prodding at my body. Yeah. First time. Going on my butt. <laughs> Exploring my butt. Yeah. Would you clean your butt? No. Okay. Yeah, I would. Of yeah. course. If if let's say you were about to get your prostate checked, yeah. Would 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 you go and get like it cleaned? No, no, nothing that extent. I don't care that much. No. But like if your doctor, like if you like care or take about, a nice shower. Right. Yeah. Would 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 you wet your finger and stick it up there? No, and no. And clean it. I would not. Make no. sure the Would you? I if it was my family doctor, I, I would consider it. I, I've known that guy since I was like seven. Okay, yeah, he's family now. He's, he's family, family doctor. Yeah, yeah. I don't want him to see my right. My like there's butt. there's stakes to him being like yo, Paul Kit. It's like yo, because you're gonna you're, see him again. 
Yeah. If it's like a random like walking clinic doctor. A stranger. Uh, bend over and. I'm going yeah. to make it dirtier on purpose. Yeah. I'm going to give this guy a story to tell give, his wife. Give him a story to tell. Yeah. Honey, today I saw the nastiest <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot of them, honey. I've seen a lot. But this one, uh, there was corn. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about at work. <laughs> I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. Okay. Music. Yeah, music. Um, you can talk about it. The romantic, yeah. Yeah, the first time it's really, like, romantic and, like, I guess normal uh, is when he's with Lena and they're it's on a date. The, yeah. the date went... And the thing is, the date, like, he, like, beat up the bathroom. The yeah. date didn't really go that well. No. Right? They're um, leaving the date and we're like, oh, is this gonna... Are they gonna be okay? That, tell, that told me that she was okay with it. She was, like... She's on his side. She's like, I've, uh... I've beat up a few bathrooms in my time. <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't? Exactly. And the, yeah, I actually really like the song. Like the He Needs Me, I really like it. It's it's sweet. Yeah. It's it's very nice. Yeah. It's uh, cute. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, I guess this point is really similar to the shot, reverse shot. The movie becomes like almost like normal and comfortable when he's with Lena. Only when he's with her. Yeah. Okay, cool. So those are all our like main categories. Yeah. Now I wanna, we want to try a new little thing here where there's two points that we find fascinating, but we're not sure where they fit. Right. We yeah, just kind of want to just like talk it through and see what the hell was going on there and and we're we're not sure what the real like core value yeah we're not sure what's the real like lesson here we find it interesting yeah so let's do the first one where um it's in hawaii they're in hawaii and we're watching them uh just walk to their bedroom yeah it's after they had their romantic day with the steady cam yeah and at this point we want them just to get together yeah yeah so to me it's i guess why are we bringing this this shot up so it's because it could have been cut yeah the like two of them walking down the hallway yeah yeah because right after we see them like making out in bed and shit right yeah so we we could have gone from date to bedroom we, yeah we, we don't need the hallway yeah like the story is the information is all there but one thing you point out is like we're so on his side that and we know, okay, man, the date's going well. This our boy might might get laid. Might get laid. Yeah. We're getting excited for him, right? So it, yeah. The longer like you delay it and like the build up, it's like you know, like it's you're a on teasing. a date yeah, and you're like yeah. walking with a girl to you're like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> it's 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 unspoken, you feel it, and we feel it for him. Yeah. Cause they're not That's, saying anything in the scene. They're just quietly like just watching and like it's sweet. They're like you, like it's almost like that before sunrise. Uh, in the music room moment, like you catch little like looks at each other, they don't look at each other. Like it's nice. I I think that scene basically summarizes before sunrise. Okay. Because okay. if you think about it, yeah. Logically, in before sunrise, you could have the the story is I met a girl, like on a train. Mm-hmm. I asked her to get off the train with me, and she did, and we hooked up. That's the story. Yeah, that's yeah. Everything between that is the filler, but it's the best part because it's the like building of anticipation. It's, it's the journey, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's a journey, but it's not the story. The, the yeah. story. To me, is, the the hookup is the most boring part. It, yeah, and 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 that's the same thing with 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 a horror movie or with like suspense. It's suspense. Suspense. Yeah. It's you build the anticipation yeah. and you build it and you build it and you build it. And then you keep building it, and then you have you blow your load. Really, this, this is about Nicholas Wending Refn, the director of like Drive. Yeah, he's like he he says um, like violence in movies like is like sex. Yeah. He's like it's all about the build up. Right. The actual like, hey mama, what's up? Getting down dirty. Yeah. That um like that's whatever. 
and it, and it's uh, I'm I'm not sure about you, but like that's why like I love like foreplay, right? Foreplay uh, is is the build up. I'm a, I'm a big fan, right? Arguably my favorite part. It's I, I think you said that actually. Yeah, yeah. it's like. The foreplay is what we're kind of. One there of my for. sister listens to this podcast. Oh yikes! That's okay. <laughs> Gotta learn. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's what this is actually. It's it's the foreplay. We we need the foreplay for the um, payoff to be more satisfying. Yeah. So that's because in Seinfeld, I could see all that shit getting cut out. Seinfeld totally, is so yeah. a. It's like efficient. Yeah. It's not that. It's it's a show about like the plot point itself. Right. Right. It's like. I want to hear this thing happen. That's why there's so much plot in the show. Yeah. Because they just cut out everything that's like not the plot parts. Yeah. And this, this, it's like, no, fuck that. We want the build up to that next like sex plot point. Yeah. That's the fun. And and we've earned it. Like this is happening in like the third act of the movie. Like the whole time we're just watching him get shit on. We want him to get with the girl. And finally. Yeah. It happens. And we need to like, we need to like savor this moment. I think. And it's great. It's a nice quiet yeah. Watch human behavior. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Next point. It's, uh, you observe this. It's when Lena embraces Barry, she holds him like a mother. Yeah. <laughs> said mother. A mother. It's like you're like, when you described it, it's like, you don't know what a mother is. A woman who has given birth <laughs> and has called herself a mother. Nice. Like, that's her legal name. My name is Mother Smith. Mother Smith. Um, yeah, it's always... She always holds him. Yeah, it's very, like, it's loving, caring, yeah. like, nurturing. Yeah. And I'm like, to me, that's, like, it's great because that is the opposite. Once again, opposite of all his female relationships. Everyone's shitting on him. And this made me think of uh, Dan Harmon's story circle. Right. Where he describes, um, so, on uh, the story circle, I don't know. I'm not going to bother going into it. It's not important. No. Uh, but there's, like, find. the parts that are, like, causing trouble, those yeah. are the parts where it's, like, he described, that's the pull of the father. That's the dad, like, being, like, yo, go into the world and do some shit. But then the find, which is the bottom of the circle, which is supposed to be the part where it's like a nice moment. The character actually is like, get something, like something positive. That's, he calls it the embrace of the mother. So that just like, I'm pretty sure Thomas wasn't aware of this or doing that actively, but I like the, just how like, well it fit. It's just logical. Like the embrace of the mother is the like comfort. It's like the... (laughs) The world around you is chaotic and torturous, yeah. but the embrace of the yeah. mother is like safety. Yeah, she she's always just like it's okay. The world it's gonna be fine. And that makes it worse when she's like hurt by his own like shit. Like, like when they get into like a car accident yeah. because like his whole like sex, sex plot line, yeah, plot line like affects her. Yeah, it, it it hurts a bit more there. I think it's like this person's like kind to you. Yeah, like the only she, person she's the, protecting yeah. you. And and you've brought danger to her world. Yeah. But that's resolved quite quickly. Well, that's deep, bro. <laughs> and that's all we got. That's all we got for Thomas's Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. My sister really dug this movie, too. Yeah? Yeah, she saw it without my permission. She <laughs> she needs your permission. <laughs> Every movie, needs. run it by me. <laughs> yeah. What did she think of it? She liked it. And I'm glad she did because of how, like, fucking weird it is. Cause... Yeah. But she really just likes, like, like boy meets girl type shit. Mm-hmm. Like, girl meets boy. She, so, I can see why. Yeah. Cool. All right, Mish, you want to sign us off? All right, guys. What's, uh... Oh, yeah, Cal- this is California, right? This, uh, L.A. movie. So, in the middle of all your Botox and getting, like, your, your titties done and your... What else? Whatever you want to get, uh... You know, uh, amputated. Not amputated. Uh, upgraded. All that shit. Get that Jennifer Grey nose job. 
Yeah, look more normal and less unique. Go for it. Have fun, but listen to our podcast as you're uh, as you're doing it. Because a boob job takes time, I assume. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>